Hi everybody, I'm Cheryl Richardson and I'm here for our weekly Facebook Live. Um, it's great to be here with you and I'm going to wait a few minutes for people to join us. Uh, it's a kind of rainy, yucky day here in the Northeast, but it's there's a little bit of sun trying to come out as the day, there we go, let me just fix the lighting in here, as the day is coming to an end around here. Um, so, welcome Catherine. Hi, let me take a few minutes to say hi to people. For those of you who don't know who I am, I'm a writer and a teacher. I've written several books, including Take Time for Your Life and Life Makeovers, and um, my most recent book, which is called Waking Up in Winter, In Search of What Really Matters at Midlife. And um, hi, Lisa, I'm glad you're here. And Dimitri, welcome. I'm glad you're here. Hi, Terry and Debbie and Lauren, Laureen, sorry, Laureen and Sheila, welcome. I'm glad that you're all here. Um, and Mary, hey, Mary, how you doing? And Jackie and Tess, welcome. Laureen, um, oh, good. So, Laureen, send the sun this way, will you? <laughs> that would be great. Hi, Lisa from PA and Elena from New Zealand, welcome. It's always so great to see people from all over the world. Um, hi, Ursula from Ireland. I'm glad you're here. I'm really excited. I'm going to Ireland in August, uh, the beginning of August. I'm actually going on vacation. I'm not working. Um, I'm going to see a bunch of my roots, actually. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Hi, Ryan. I'm glad you're here. Thanks uh, for being here from London and Mary and Anne-Marie and Sylvia, bedtime in London. Thank you for visiting with me before you go to bed. Um, so as we prepare for tonight's, um, thank you, Lisa, for tonight's uh, Facebook Live, let me just say, um, as I continue to welcome some of you, um, so there's this bird cage behind me that does not have a bird in it. I just feel like I want to say that to you. Um, it's an antique bird cage uh, I bought a long time ago. Um, and I have it here in the corner of my office, but it doesn't have a bird in it because I just, I don't know, I just couldn't have a caged bird in my house. But um, but I thought the, the, the bird cage itself was really pretty. <laughs> um, so let's see, hi, I, I said hi to you, Ryan and Mary and Anne-Marie and Sylvia and Rachel from Atlanta for now. <laughs> and Lisa, who listened to the audio of Waking Up in Winter. Um, thank you so much. I'm glad that it touched you. I appreciate that. And Lauren and Kath and Cheryl from Texas, welcome. Hi, Steve. Always love when the men are here. And Anne-Marie. Yeah, it's a new background. I just sort of switched. Um, the light was coming in. Uh, the light, you know, now that it stays light longer, it's kind of tricky to be able to figure out how to do the lighting in my office. And I'm just not one for setting up a studio. I know I should. I should set up like, you know, a formal place, but I don't think it's going to happen, people. You're going to just have to get me kind of natural. <laughs> anyway, um, tonight I wanted to spend, you know, maybe 15, 20 minutes, 15 minutes before I take some of your questions. I wanted to talk about uh, the art of self-soothing. And um, some of it was prompted by the uh, a few folks who posted from Facebook who are really dealing with the trauma and the grief from the loss of the hockey team, which is just really heartbreaking, really heartbreaking in Canada. Um, 
I'm just, I'm so sorry for your loss. My, my friends in Canada, I've got lots of them from all over different parts of Canada, and I know that the whole country is really grieving this loss. And, um, and so part of it was, part of this topic that I chose was sort of motivated by that. And also I think that, um, you know, there's a lot of people who deal with anxiety, with emotional stress. There's a lot of stuff that's going on in people's lives where, um, you know, we all, I was just talking to a, a dear friend of mine who's selling her house that she's been in. It's her family home that she's been in for probably 40 years now. And she was just talking about how on one hand it's exciting to be moving to a new place and on the other hand it's really sad to say goodbye to a family home. And uh, so we were just talking about how, uh, you know, life hands us situations. Uh, sometimes they're traumatic situations like unexpected loss or, um, or, you know, unexpected loss, like the loss of a loved one or the loss of a job or the loss of something in our community. Um, and, uh, you know, and it can be the need to move. Um, the birth of a child, suddenly you're a mother. Uh, and a father, or um, the loss of a pet, as you all know I've been dealing with. And so one of the important adult skills we all need to learn in order to take good care of ourselves, in order to practice better self-care, is how to self-soothe. In other words, how to really take care of oneself when you're in a difficult situation and um, when you've been either blindsided by something or you're just dealing with a stressful situation in your life. Our natural tendency is to, and I think especially as women, is to want to try and um, uh, fix what's happening in the outer world so that we feel better. Okay, if I can just get this handled, then I won't be upset. Or if I can just, I mean, think about it if you've ever dealt with, move this a little bit here, hold on a second, it's making me crazy. Okay, now I'm gonna get I'm gonna get heavenly light above me. So let's pretend <laughs> I'll pretend it's being I'm being influenced by the divine. <laughs> um, if you've ever if you're in an intimate relationship, a marriage, if you're sharing a home with someone, you know that sometimes you can have a fight or an argument, and um, you can feel all this anxiety. You just want to like get it fixed. There's always one person in the relationship who's like running toward the other, trying to like get them to talk and work it out. And then there's always the other part who's just saying, leave me alone, leave me alone, let me, give me my space so I can, you know, have some time to process my emotions before you come at me and expect me to uh, resolve whatever's going on between us. And so, um, let me just put my tea down on something. Okay. So, um, that's another great example of a time when we need to really use self-soothing in order to, um, you know, to take care of ourselves when you have to wait before something gets resolved. So I wanted to talk about some of the ways that we practice self-soothing, which means being there for ourselves, calming ourselves down, uh, regaining a sense of power, a sense of control over ourselves, uh, allowing ourselves to, to kind of be less reactive and more um, relaxed in how we deal with things. You know, one of the last Facebook Lives, I talked about uh, not, you know, what happens when you get your buttons pushed, not going to the keyboard and posting something stupid on Facebook or something that's offensive or something that's mean uh, because out of reaction. 
So in this case, I'm talking about how do you really just calm yourself down? And how do you allow yourself to kind of connect with the more adult part of you when the younger parts of you, and we all have young parts inside of us, whether you believe it or not, you just do. How do you calm the younger parts down and, and let yourself know you're going to get through this? You know, one of the great things about learning to self-soothe is it not only allows us to react, uh, react, relax when we're going through a stressful time, but it also teaches, our, teaches us to trust ourselves. It teaches us that we're trustworthy, that we can be counted on in any situation. Now, why is that helpful? Because as you develop a sense of self-trust, as you develop uh, the ability to really be there for yourself and to calm yourself down and to enter a more resourceful place, you then realize it becomes easier to make choices and decisions because you have less anxiety about making the right choice or the right decision because you know whatever decision you make, you will be able to take care of yourself regardless of the circumstances or the consequences of that choice or decision. So there's a lot of benefits. Your body gets more relaxed, your stress hormones get reduced, you develop a stronger relationship with yourself, you show up in relationships in a calmer, more resourceful place, and you build self-trust. These are all the benefits of learning to self-soothe, learning to take good care of yourself in that way. I'm trying to get myself out of that light. Okay, so how do we self-soothe? So I, I like to think of it as a sensual solution, a multi-sensual solution, multi-sensing solution. Sensual, I like that word better. Um, first, we could talk about the physical body. Breathing, breathing deep down into the belly, in through the nose slowly so that your belly pushes out so you're bringing the breath all the way down. Breathing slowly in through the belly and then holding your breath even for just a few seconds and then breathing slowly out through the nose automatically begins to metabolize stress hormones and calms the body down. So you know how you get hit with something and you, you know, that we naturally go into fight or flight. We breathe really shallow up into the upper chest. And the minute you start breathing shallow, you start making yourself more anxious. So the whole idea of self-soothing is to calm yourself down, to relax the uh, fight or flight response in the body and breath is the quickest way to do that. I remember years ago being on a flight with really bad turbulence and feeling so scared and not having anybody with me and you know and I I didn't think it was cool to go to the stranger next to me going hi can I hold your hand <laughs> although some people do and I think I think it's pretty brave um, but I was feeling really scared and so I just began to breathe slowly Closing my mouth, breathing in through the nose, down into the belly, and then breathe, holding it for a few seconds, and then breathing out slowly. And in doing that, automatically, it's like your body can't help but become more relaxed. So if we look at body ways of self-soothing, breathing is absolutely top on the list. But also things like take off your shoes and socks and step outside onto dirt, I mean onto the earth. Um, just sometimes I'll do that, you know, I have a backyard with grass and sometimes if I'm just feeling out of sorts or if I'm stressed about something, I'll go out, I'll sometimes I'll fill the bird feeder and then I'll walk down the steps and I'll put my bare feet on the earth. I've done this in very cold weather. <laughs> just 
connecting yourself with the earth automatically begins to balance the sort of electrical field of the body. It really works. You should try this. It grounds you. So part of what we're trying to do with the, both the breath and putting your feet on the earth is you're trying to just bring your energy down into your body, calm your energy down, and having your feet on the earth actually begins to ground you, much like you know a grounding plug or the the part of a plug that goes into a socket the you know that you see like in bathrooms and around kitchens um, there's there's the grounding piece of the plug grounds the electricity the same thing happens when you go in you go out and you step on the earth you begin to ground yourself so anything um, physical like that is really smart also doing things like shifting energy where you are taking a shower so by taking a shower you automatically change the energy field around the body which exists this is not woo woo it's not new age the body has an energy field around it and if you get into water so you might even get into a bath if you take a shower or you get into water you're automatically you can't help but shift your energy and it feels soothing putting your feet on the earth is soothing putting your body into wa water for a lot of people is soothing or standing under under a warm shower so think of the first kind of sensual way of self-soothing as being body related same thing with um, taking a nap or going to bed early how many times I can't tell you how many times in my in the last 10 years especially when I've been upset about something and my mind is kind of going crazy, you know, I'm sort of chomping on things, thinking that if I just think harder, I'll feel better. That never works, by the way. You can't think your way out of anxiety. It's a, it's a sensing experience in the body. Thinking just often makes it worse. So many times I've learned to say to myself, Cheryl, go to bed. Go to bed early. Get a good night's sleep. I promise you everything will look different in the morning. And it always does. Why? Because if you can get some rest... If you can really allow your body to sleep, to get some rest, you approach the situation more rested and more resourceful as a result of that. So again, that's kind of a physical way of self-soothing, allowing yourself to take a nap or allowing yourself to, um, to go to bed early and get a good night's sleep or at least rest your body. And um, if you have a hard time uh, getting to sleep because you're worried. Remember, I always talk about, oops, where is it here? Talk about mala beads, right? You've heard me speak about these before. These are prayer beads. This is 108 um, from the Hindu tradition, 108 beads. And uh, it's a great thing to do to take a set of beads. You could take rosary beads, any kind of prayer beads. If you have, you know how you, there's some of those bracelets that are um, crystals or stones. Um, sometimes I, I've had those before, uh, going to bed and just repeating a mantra or a prayer, um, naming things that you feel grateful for, or repeating a word that you want to experience, uh, I often use the word peace, can be a great way to just allow your mind to relax so that you can fall asleep. And um, so, so shifting your focus from whatever it is you're worried about to... Um, to something that's going to, uh, you know, just a, a word or a phrase or something that's going to help you to, to calm down a bit is a really smart thing to do as well. It's another way to um, feel better. So those are some of the physical ways. Um, emotionally, again, this, is gonna, this might sound silly to some people, but it totally works, and I've done this for years. Putting your hand on your heart, 
and just speaking to yourself in a very gentle tone, sweetheart, it's okay. We're going to get through this. I know this is hard. I've done this so many times when I'm grieving about Poupon, when I'm upset about him, or um, I will, I'll be walking around my house and I'll just say to myself, honey, it's just grief. Let yourself feel it. Feel the, you know, let yourself cry. You're going to get through this. We're going to get through this. We're, we're already, we've already gotten through it. Like it's going to be okay. So talking to yourself as a loving parent would, or, you know, some people haven't had the experience of a very loving, nurturing parent. So think of it as just a wise part of you. A, a lot of people, you know, would think about Louise Hay. Louise had the most beautiful, loving, um, Louise Hay, the author of You Can Heal Your Life, um, and the woman that I wrote, um, You Can Create an Exceptional Life With. It's a beautiful book about her and her beliefs. She used to always speak to herself in the most beautiful way. She had a great voice. And sometimes I imagine her voice, you know, she would say, it's okay. It's okay, honey. Everything's going to be okay. You're going to be just fine. She would say that to herself all the time. And sometimes she would say it to me. And so I sort of took her lead. And I do that now with myself. Um, cup of tea too, by the way, calming tea. Good idea. Another great physical way to calm yourself down. So um, speaking to yourself in a loving tone, putting your hand over your heart, um, doing things like getting into really, really comfortable clothes. My, my dear friend Max used to say, um, get into kuchi clothes. <laughs> she called it kuchi. I don't even think that's a real word, but it's a real word in my vocabulary. Get into kuchi clothes. Um, wrap yourself in a fleece blanket or um, or put flannel sheets on the bed. Do something that is, that's also very physical, but you know, obviously it's like a sensual physical experience, a sensing experience. But there's something about, you know, my brother Stephen for um, Christmas gave me this really great, um, I wish I had it with me, I would show it to you, this wonderful fleece jacket that, um, like a bed jacket almost. And um, there's been several times when I've just, something's happened and I'm reminded of Poupon and I can't believe he's here, not here, and I'm just really upset. And I'll just wrap myself in that blanket and there's something really warm and comforting about that. Um, Self-soothing can also be, if you do have an animal, you probably already know this, this is why I'm a huge advocate for rescuing animals. There are animals all throughout shelters in the world that could use a loving home and they provide us with such opportunity for self-soothing. Just sitting next to a pet and running your hand over their fur or cuddling with an animal at night or, um, you know, Poupon every now and then would curl up on my lap. Not all the time. He was a very independent young man. Um, but every now and then he would come into my lap or he would crawl up on my shoulder and I would hear him purr and automatically all of these feel-good hormones would be released. We know that that happens with animals, it happens with babies, with newborns. So um, rescuing an animal is an, a surefire way to um, to ensure that you'll have, you'll have self-soothing ammunition should you need it. <laughs> Just being able to, to cuddle with an animal can make a huge difference. Certainly calling a good friend, a loving friend who can be supportive to you. I think it's really important to call a loving friend who um, 
can just listen to you because we're talking about self-soothing and sometimes self-soothing, although most of it is how do you soothe yourself, sometimes it's calling a dear friend and saying, I just need someone to listen. I don't need someone to fix it. I don't need advice. I just need somebody to listen. And maybe every now and then even say, yeah, that must be really hard or I'm so sorry. You know, or I, things will get better. Tell me more. I mean, this is the most loving thing you can do to someone when they're in pain and they need support. You just simply say to them, tell me more. Tell me more. What else is going on? That could be a really loving thing to do. So there's a whole bunch of ways. Um, I mentioned tea. Um, there's some really great calming teas. I use those. I think that just the warmth of the tea, the fact that it's a calming tea, and then sometimes self-soothing means distraction. It means that um, you might be dealing with trauma. Like I know in the first month after we lost Poupon, I was every day I was crying. I just, I felt like I lost my little soulmate and I needed distractions. And I was grateful for things like, um, I loved PBS's series, Victoria and The Crown. Um, I love those old period pieces. And I just would sit in front of a television set and sit in front of my TV and get lost in a show that was um, visually appealing or that had a storyline that captivated me so that I could just, just shut my mind off. Sometimes I couldn't do it on my own and I needed distraction. And um, self-soothing was absolutely sitting in front of a television set and um, watching something that just took me away from what it was I was worrying about. And it doesn't mean you want to do that hour after hour after hour. That wouldn't be such a good idea. But it's okay to do it now and then. Just like it's also okay to, to um, move toward comfort food. You know, um, when I was a little girl, my mom used to make willow tree chicken pies. And um, they were just a chicken pie with chicken and gravy. And she would make mashed potatoes. And I would put the, the pie over the mashed potato. And um, when I think about a comforting meal... I don't know why I think of willow tree chicken pies. I haven't had one in years. Um, but there's certain foods that we all think about, right, that are comforting. And as long as you don't go crazy and like start eating, you know, Oreos by the box full <laughs> every day, uh, sometimes it's okay to turn to something that will just comfort or bring a sense of, I don't know, pleasure during a difficult time. Those are also some of the things that you can do to self-soothe. Writing in a journal, of course, for me has been, as you all know, Waking Up in Winter is a journal. And um, if you've read that book or if you read it, you'll see that, uh, you'll see the process of trying to work through um, difficult periods in my life. I'm self-soothing by writing about what's going on and then suddenly, often, uncovering a piece of wisdom that's really helpful. So journaling can be a really great way to do that. And certainly even, as I've mentioned before on Instagram, um, I use the uh, username coach on call and every night I, I post a beautiful picture, something that I think is beautiful or meaningful, and I list five things that I'm grateful for. And in doing that, it really helps me to, um, to, uh, to just connect with the fact that there are things to be grateful for in life. Absolutely, even when we're going through a difficult time, there's a lot to be grateful for. So um, anyway, those are some of the things that I would recommend you think about. What am I looking for here? Let me see the time. Yeah, and here's my little clock. This is a self-soothing thing. I love this little clock. I got this on Amazon. 
My mother-in-law gave me one as a gift and I loved it so much I got another one. <laughs> anyway, I wanted to watch the time here. So those are some of my um, thoughts on self-soothing, the art of self-soothing. Self it's a great, great self-care technique, really important to um, learn how to do that. You might even want to go back and watch this and make a list of all of the things that I mentioned so that you have something to turn to when you're going through a difficult time and you need to, um, you know, you just need to figure out some, you just want to be able to pick something you can do to feel better. Oh, and let me just finish with this before I take some of your questions. Let me give you a little tapping sequence that you can use that works like a charm. And, um, I know some of you have watched me do tapping before. If you go to my YouTube channel, um, Cheryl Richardson TV at YouTube, uh, at the YouTube channel, if you do that, you'll also get to see, uh, you'll understand what tapping is. You'll see some of the other tapping sequences that I do. But you can do this if you just tap the karate chop spot here. And if you say, even though I feel anxious, I choose to feel peaceful and calm. Even though I'm so upset, I choose to feel peaceful and calm. Even though I'm scared and I feel, I feel insecure, I choose to feel peaceful and calm. Even though I'm really anxious and upset, I choose to feel safe now. Even though I'm afraid I'll never get through this, I choose to feel peaceful and calm. You can just keep repeating that and you can go through um, this anxiety, this fear, this feeling of being unsafe, this anxiety, this fear, this discomfort, this fear. Just keep repeating whatever it is you're feeling. This fear, this anxiety. And then you can go, I feel peaceful and calm, feeling better now, feeling more relaxed, feeling peaceful and calm, feeling peaceful and calm. Feeling more relaxed. I'm starting to get relaxed as I do this. Feeling peaceful and calm. I am safe and I feel peaceful and calm. You can just do a tapping sequence like that and it will help you to feel better. Um, and when in doubt, if you feel like you can't do the points, just tap the collarbone spot right here. I often tap both spots. Feeling peaceful and calm. I am safe. I'll get through this. All will be well. I love and accept myself. I am safe. I am calm and relaxed. I'll be okay. Just like that. And if you do that, you'll absolutely, I can feel it in my body. <laughs> go to sleep right now. You'll feel your body just automatically relax. The tapping calms the amygdala down. and The amygdala is the part of the brain that gets activated and activates the fight or flight. So it just, it regulates it, calms it down, and you automatically start to feel better. Okay? All right. Let me look at your questions here. Um, go ahead and um, if there's something I can support you with, go ahead and put it in the comment section. Hi, Jeannie and Stephanie and Pam and Anne-Marie. Um, thank you. Um, I love it. Anne-Marie says, no shoulds. <laughs> thank you. That was about, I should set up a studio. Um, <laughs> thank you, everybody. You're so sweet, all of you. Um, okay, yeah. Yeah, my Canadian friends, I'm so sorry. Please, you know, make sure that you go back through 
and listen to what I'm talking about and make a list of the ways to self-soothe during this really traumatic time. Hi, Mom. My mother's here. Hi, Annie. My mom, sweetheart. Um, yeah, let's see. Um, yeah, sometimes self-soothing, um, Jessica, is setting boundaries. If people are toxic in your life, if they're highly critical, if they um, pick on you, if they... Um, you know, if they're just, if they're just mean, then self-soothing often, you know, often means setting some limits, not spending as much time with them so that you're able to take care of yourself and, um, not, you know, when, when you're dealing with trauma, grief, loss, any kind of change, when you're upset, the last thing in the world you need is to also deal with other people's stuff. You know, people who are critical. It's not good self-care. So setting boundaries is a very good idea. And it's okay to just take a break sometimes. Um, oh, thank you. Aldenisa. Aldenisa, thank you. Um, hi, Just Justina and Andy. Welcome. Yasmin, I'm glad you're here. And Jasmine. Um, yes, lighting candles, aromatherapy. Oh, thank you, Jasmine. Another really, really important. I have a whole tray of essential oils um, in my bathroom, and um, I use them in baths. I use them, you know, sprinkle some uh, on a tissue under my pillow. Um, I use them on my body. Um, I essential oils. Um, so many people, not so many people. A few people who really understand essential oils when I first lost Poupon sent me grief formulas. Um, my friend Dennis Thomas, who's a vet in um, Washington, um, recommended a couple of grief formulas that were incredibly helpful. So essential oils are fantastic and they make a big difference, a huge difference. Okay, um, let's see. Oh, so Roberta says, what a divine time to go on Facebook. I'm having surgery tomorrow afternoon and have anxiety. I'm trying to drink. <laughs> She's trying to drink her enema drink and it's horrible. Oh gosh, is it a colonoscopy, darling? Well, Roberta, tapping, yes, tapping. Even though this stuff tastes horrible or like hold your nose, <laughs> the old holding the nose. Um, yeah, okay. Let's see. Let me see if there's a, okay. Let's see. Um. <laughs> boundaries, yes, boundaries, absolutely. Big part of self-soothing is setting good boundaries. All right, people, I'm looking, I'm seeing, let me see. Yeah, um, Anne-Marie Miller wants to know, do you have any other advice on how to help children I'll try the tapping on my extremely anxious seven-year-old daughter today. Yes. And there's um, a wonderful book. Terry, if you could put um, Alex Ortner's book, um, Gorilla Thumps. I know we've listed it before, Terry. So um, I wish I had one, but I don't. Um, I just gave away my last one. But Anne-Marie, there's a wonderful children's book on tapping that I would highly recommend that I think would be um, incredibly helpful to you. So I would, um, t children respond really, really well to tapping. And so I would encourage you to use that. If you go on my YouTube channel, Cheryl Richardson T TV, and you look at the video, it's an old video, but it says tap away your anxiety, have your seven-year-old do that with you. It could make a big difference. Yasmin, um, I would say the best book for self-care to start with 
is The Art of Extreme Self-Care. That's the one I wrote just before the one I did with Louise. So The Art of Extreme Self-Care, we'll put a link to it in the uh, post here when we're done. We'll put a link to that. We'll put a link to Waking Up in Winter and to the Tapping Book for Children. Um, all right, let's see. Yeah, hi, Tammy. I'm glad you're here. Um, uh, yeah, so... Beatrice, how can I help my 16-year-old daughter with depression? Make sure she's got good therapy. Therapist who specializes in depression for kids, really, really important. Um, and then have, you can teach her some of the self-soothing techniques, but you also want to, um, you want to uh, make sure that she's getting professional support. Depression is a therapy issue. It's not a coaching issue. So you want to make sure that you get the right kind of support for that. Um, and make sure you get support for yourself, Beatrice. You know, my husband Michael was sick for four years, and um, I waited too long, much longer than I should have, to get support for myself when I was dealing with his illness. So, and it was clinical depression. So I understand what it feels like to um, have a loved one that's going through such a difficult time. You need support for yourself, too. Okay, um, let's see. All right. Before I sign off, um, if someone isn't able to move, can you tap their points for them? Yes, Danielle, you can. With their permission, you can also tap for them. So you can ask them if you have their permission to do tapping for them, and you can tap the points yourself as a surrogate for them. You could try that. See what it see what it does. Justina, I don't have any plans to come to London right now, but it is absolutely it's my favorite place. And um, I'm working on that. So stay tuned. Make sure that you subscribe to my newsletter at CherylRichardson.com and you'll know about it for sure. All right. Um, let's see. Uh, Johnny Neal, you sweetheart. It's so good to see you here. Hi, Cheryl. There's a woman in my hometown that I've known since we were kids who went through a divorce about two years ago. I've been waiting to ask her out for several months, but I waited to give her time to heal. That's great. I asked her out a couple of weeks ago, and she was very nice about it, but said she hadn't dated anyone since her divorce, and she didn't feel like she was quite ready. She said it wouldn't be long, though. I told her I understood, and if at some time she felt like she was ready and was interested to let me know, she said she would. I wanted to ask you, do you think it would be a good idea for me to give her a copy of Spiritual Divorce? No. I don't. And I'm so glad you asked, Johnny. Spiritual Divorce is a book written by Debbie Ford, and it's a wonderful, wonderful book. Uh, I recommend it to anybody who's considering a divorce or who has gone through a divorce for sure. But in this case, Johnny, what I would say is let's respect her boundaries because she still, you know, needs some time. I don't, I, I this is just, okay, this is just my opinion, Johnny, but you know me. <laughs> What I would say is, I'd like to keep your relationship with her about you, the man who wants to date her, not you, the man who wants to help her or potentially save her. So um, you don't want to date a woman who's not ready to date Johnny. You deserve somebody who's ready, willing, able, available. And Johnny's a great catch, ladies out there, I might say. Um, so if she's not ready, it's not in your best interest to try and get her ready or to date her if she isn't. But you know what I would do, Johnny, is maybe over the next month or so, if there's some way that you might sort of arrange to run into her, 
that wouldn't be such a bad thing just to be able to say hi you know if I don't know if you still live in the small town that you lived in but maybe is there some place where you might bump into her when you're having coffee um, or somewhere in town um, if you could arrange that that would be great but I wouldn't send her any books because we want you to be the man who's you know the chivalrous man who's waiting to date a woman who's ready and available for you um, Anyway, that's my two cents, and I hope it's helpful. <laughs> and let me know what happens if you happen to start dating her, okay? All right. Um, yes, I will. I will be in the UK, I promise. Deborah, I don't know what the topic is for the October retreat yet. I haven't. Um, I'm still working on it. It might just be a good old self-care retreat, um, but I'll let you know. All right. <laughs> that's very funny, Kathy. Kathy, I'm assuming you want to meet Johnny. He's in Atlanta, but I don't think he's coming to the retreat. That's very funny. But he'd be a great guy to meet. He's a really, really good man. Maybe one of these days. Maybe I should do like a matchmaking retreat. What do you think about that, people? Wouldn't that be funny? That would be kind of awesome, but I just don't know about that. That could be difficult. Um, okay. All right. You know what? I'm going to wrap it up, people. I'm going to say thank you so much for being with me. Um, and let's see, the retreat in May is sold out. The one in October isn't on sale yet, but if you put your name on the wait list by going to the retreat page on the site, you'll be the first to know. Um, if you've read Waking Up in Winter or, or if you've listened to it and um, you've liked it, please um, consider putting just a brief, um, a brief review on Amazon. It really does help. It helps to let people know um, and encourages people to have the experience of reading it themselves. And um, yeah, I think that's it. All right. Thank you all for being with me. I appreciate it. I'm not going to be on Facebook Live next week. I will be on Louise Hayes Facebook Live in um, on Monday at 6 o'clock. So if you're around, join me there. But I'm going to be on a little vacation next week while we have some construction done at the house here. So I probably won't be doing a Facebook Live. I don't think I will be. But I'll see you the week after for sure. But I will be on, on Louise Hayes' Facebook page on Monday at 6 o'clock Eastern. All right. I love you too, Johnny. Thanks for being here. And thank you, everybody. I really appreciate it. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye.